No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. TheWhoThatDaily.com That's right, TheWhoThatDaily.com Your one-stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelican, LSU Tigers, even the top flight boxing. So if you're a Who That and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, TheWhoThatDaily.com is your site. TheWhoThatDaily.com for the sport Who That in all of us. Your black and gold home for the New Orleans Saints. First of all, he's, he's, you know, he's a great coach and, and um, he's been a part of our building for a long time. Obviously, he, there was a period of time that he wasn't with us, but he's been part of building, you know, the culture and the, and the success, big part of the success we've had over the years. Um, and, and, you know, he's got an experience as a head coach as well. Are the questions for you guys significantly different than they were you know, 15, 16 years ago now? Well, I can't remember 15 or 16 <laughs> years ago, John, but... But, uh, I, you know, I don't think I, they probably are different. And yet I think we're still trying to find out the same th- sort of things, you know, get a feel for the same th- sort of um, things from these head coaching candidates that, 
you know, a lot of philosophy and vision and leadership and just, you know, the, the specific questions may be a little different in how we uh, go about finding out uh, what we're looking to find out. How many more interviews do you foresee having to conduct with different candidates? Yeah, I think probably at least three and, and you know, we'll see from there. Look, just a lot of things. I don't want to get into the specifics, um, but we had a, we had a good interview, and he's impressive. Did, did Ford give the heads up that this lawsuit was going to be coming prior to interviewing with you guys? Um, he did after we finished the interview. Um, and, and just in general, just in terms of just coaching, uh, coaching hires and, and practices and stuff. Do you, do you like how the NFL is set up currently with the Rooney Rules? Would you like to see something change about it or just how, you know, the processes of getting certain candidates in? And, you know, is it is it one of those things where there may be some tinkering that may need to be done with well, the, uh, the rule? Yeah, I think you always look at, at uh, um, the process and evaluate it and see if there's some things that, that uh, you know, you might do differently. And, you know, there were some changes this year. And, and afterwards, I think the league um, will evaluate that and, and – my guess is they'll make some uh, more adjustments as we go along, but I, there's nothing off the top of my head that I can think of. Mickey, how, how big a decision is this? Well, look, it's the, you know our, it's our head coach. It's the face of the franchise. It's you know the direction that we're going to be headed. It's it's a really important decision, and and uh, yeah, I'd like it to be someone that coaches here for 16 years and 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 has a lot of wins, like like the last one, but. Uh, yeah, it's an important decision. I don't, you know, I don't think any of us, uh, none of us are taking this lightly. You know, we're, we're looking to find someone who can lead us, uh, lead our team uh, for the long run. Nah, talk to Dennis Allen, says Mickey Loomis. Much love to the fam. Appreciate y'all joining us for this Thursday, Thursday episode of The Coma. Much love to the fam. Appreciate y'all being in the building. And like I've been saying for some time now, baby, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. I'm Big Q. I'm in the building. Much love to the great St. Thank Tank. I appreciate you guys being in this thing. Much love to you guys. Appreciate you. And the Saints, as the continue, the searching head coach search continues, fam. It continues indeed. Is this one. Is entitled Saints Head Coach Search Continues On and On and On, baby. All right, so with that being said, we had some interviews uh, that we conducted. We're going to go over a few things and news notes and items. So much love to the fam. I appreciate y'all for being in the live stream on this one. Who that to all the family members. Hope y'all having a, a very good week as we come closer and closer to the weekend. So much love to the fam. Much love indeed. Please feel free to hit upon the like button. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and welcome, welcome, welcome. So much love to the fam. Yeah, and that's Mickey Illumis chiming in, man. And, you know, the some of the favorite words we like to hear uh, from Mickey Illumis is talk to. And he can't say Sean no more because Sean is out the building. He is gone. So he have to find somebody else to talk to. And we've had some very interesting things that occurred, including Brian Flores's revelations of what's going on and of course, they're going to uh, really uh, deny his allegations and call it false, even though we know commonsensically that's what they do behind the scenes, even though we know 
such things occur, but they like to play pretend games. And I don't like to play pretend games. I keep it real and I'm not going to play with your ass. I, I, I'm, I'm at the at the level in my life where I'm not going to play no games, but we're just going to keep it a buck. So we're going to get into some news notes and items on there. A much love to the whole fam for being up in this thing as we get going. So we're going to start it off with the Eric B enemy uh, situation. Cause we know uh, how could B is from New Orleans. Okay. You have a head coaching position. Eric B enemy is an intriguing candidate. Uh, he's worked a lot of miracles with uh, the Kansas city chiefs offense. He is a, uh, player style coach, really high football IQ, but the 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 knock on him is he doesn't interview well, and but the man knows football. So if you're talking to people who don't know football and you don't have that business acumen, you know it could come across as a person that can't handle the press or or what have you. Even though we know they've had some really rough football coaches from the past, but I like being to me a lot, man. I think he. Uh, is a good hire as the Saints are moving forward. Now, previously, I won't say no thing about the Brian Flores situation, but uh, the timeline for Mickey Loomis, to be honest, which is what what he says this weekend, and then by this weekend or early next week, early next week being Monday, Tuesday, or so the Saints name a, a head coach. Now, I I just think to myself, I say to myself, you know, who who should be who's the Saints who. <laughs> Who should be the coach and who's going to be the coach is two separate things altogether. You know what I'm saying, fam? That's two separate things altogether. So it we'll see how it all shapes and folds, man, as we get going with the articles. But let's get right on into it, fam. Please hit the like button. If you had hit it, subscribe if you're not a subscriber as we get going, baby. So this is right here from CBS Sports. Saints interested in speaking with Eric Bieniemy. Full head coach position could meet this weekend. That's the word on the street that the Saints are looking at making happen. And like I said, I like being to me a lot and, and he should be interviewed by the black and gold. He really should being he's from here. But anyway, let's get into the article right here. And this was coming from CBS. Like I said, Eric being name has seldom been linked to any of the NFL vacant head coaching positions, but the offseason, despite being a popular candidate in recent offseason that changed on Thursday, the Saints want to speak with the longtime offensive coordinator about their head coaching position, according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. A meeting between the two could take place on Saturday. Bienemy, who's 52, has spent the past four years as the Chiefs offensive coordinator. During that span, Chiefs appeared in four consecutive AFC championship games, winning two. Kansas City offense played a major role in the team, winning the franchise's first Super Bowl title in 50 years at the end of the 2019 season. Now, Pat Mahomes, boys, has become one of the league's top players during BNME's time as the offensive coordinator, the league's MVP in 2018. Mahomes won the Super Bowl MVP honors following the Chiefs 31 20 win over the 49ers. Now, BNME, who played running back in the NFL for nine seasons, I remember, was a college running back at Colorado and at UCLA before breaking into the NFL with the Vikings in 06. He was a Minnesota's running back coach for five seasons, four of which were future league MVP Adrian Peterson before heading back to Colorado to serve as the team offensive coordinator after two seasons in Boulder, being a me return to the NFL as the Chiefs running back coach. You can see he worked his way up in this thing. Ain't no shortcuts in this. 2013, he served in that role for five years before being promoted to the offensive coordinator in 2018. And New Orleans is looking to replace Coach Payton, who stepped down following a highly successful 15-year run that included winning the franchise's first Vince Lombardi Trophy in 09, 
while the streak of four consecutive double-digit seasons came to an end this season, the Saints still managed to post a winning record while finishing just outside the NFC playoff picture. So good news and good news is being to me, it could be a weekend uh, candidate for the Saints to interview. Uh, looking uh, at that as well to see how that goes, because you would think if the Saints was, you know, really, really, truly honest about naming the next head coach that he should have some offensive acumen, being that we're a team that like to score a lot of points. And don't get me wrong, I love to beat the hell out of you with our defense. <laughs> but scoring points is a big part of it. That's called being balanced, baby. But I like Eric Bieniemy, and I can respect the Saints, what they're doing. Now, you took a look at Aaron Glenn. I don't think too many people, no disrespect to Aaron Glenn, uh, really perceived Aaron Glenn as a serious head coach candidate for the Saints. I'm not knocking the man. I'm just saying if you would rather have rolled, shake a, a list of names up and rolled them out onto the table and said, these are the guys we're going to look at. Aaron Glenn wouldn't have been one of the guys I picked. I don't know what you guys, but you would have picked. But you tell me in the chat. But like I've said for some time, man, that enemy is good. Byron Left, which is another good name to talk about talking to him. Besides, how are you going to talk, not talk to Eric Bienemy? You talk to Dougie P. No disrespect for Dougie P, but he got like one of the first interviews. How you, uh, you did that? But nobody really see Dougie P as a he's a lone shot candidate. Most people consider and possibly uh, if they do bring Dougie P on and they're interested in bringing him on, you know, the new administration could if it's Dennis Allen, who if you had to pick uh, on one of them goddamn gambling apps to pick and they say, who's the next head coach? A lot of people put Dennis Allen in there because he got the strong endorsement of Coach Payton uh, to about D.A. And, you know, the Saints worship Coach Payton. And they love what he says and they're going to respect him. But you got to kind of play the game. You know, the game is a game, which Flores was speaking to. He just and that's what kind of boiled his blood was the fact that he didn't want to be seen as a, a guy who comes in and then he use him to uh, to uh, to appease the Rooney rule, so to speak. That was one of the crutch matters, the foundational pieces of the information that he was dropping on. And we get that. We get that. Uh, but anyway, I'll, it'd be interesting to see what Flores kind of uh, evidence he has about Ross out there in Miami. Um, <laughs> not only paying him 100 G's, he gave an actual figure, by the way. He didn't just say he paying me money. <laughs> he said 100,000. And the other thing is, the other thing that's really outside of the, the 100 grand for him to tank games, and we know they was doing this was the fact that uh, he wanted him to violate the tampering rule by talking to a, uh, a influential quarterback back in 2019. Who was the only influential quarterback that was available in 2019 who was lurking around the Florida area? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, let's keep it moving. Barry enemy is a good choice, man. I, I like to see what he how he does with the Saints and the Saints sit down and speak with Eric enemy, man. That'll be fun. Uh, to kind of look at because, I, like I said, I, I thought that he should be the, the guy that they come in. He's at least one of them, at least the black and gold are doing their due diligence on that. Let's go to the next one, which is this. Uh, and Byron Left, which des deserves an interview too. A lot of people, a couple of guys were making mention of Byron Left, which uh, in terms of having a college career. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I think Byron Left, which wants to make it in the NFL, he wants to. I mean, he's a former 
uh, first round draft pick quarterback, had some success in different levels, been all over the place, very high IQ uh, football uh, coach. He knows what he's uh, he's doing and he's only going to get better with age. He's a student of the game. And uh, like Byron Leftwich is, is, is a good candidate here. So let's look into Byron Leftwich right here. And this is from the Saints Wire and Sigler. So here's some more intriguing uh, intrigue for the Saints head coach search triplet. And Amy from NOLA.com reported Thursday evening that the Saints were, in fact, granted permission by the Bucks to interview Brian Leftwich concerning the opening. But no meeting has been scheduled yet with one of the first candidates the team to request <clears throat> with the first candidates the team requested to meet with. It's unclear if both parties will actually uh, get time to speak with each other. Now, you know, they requested it. They granted it. But, you know, he's still available. Leftwich has been entangled with the Jaguars uh, staggeringly directing the head coach search. <laughs> Jacksonville's top target and fan favorite former player seen as an ideal mentor for a promising young quarterback in Mr. Trevor Lawrence. And it looked like a slam dunk hire. Instead, Leftwich has been going back and forth with the Jags for more than a week in his patience with ownership. Waffling appears to be wearing thin. Thursday that left, which expected you to pull his name from consideration for the Jaguars job. Of course, Brady's suddenly uh, sudden decision to retire complicates things further. If the Buck, Bucks coach Bruce Aaron decide to follow his quarterback and to retire left, which would be a natural successor in Tampa Bay. So patience is a virtue, perhaps with so many moving parts involved with the Saints themselves working against a ticking clock. It's possible that left, which never even speaks with New Orleans. Only time will tell we're rapidly approaching the finish line. So the reality is, he is out there, and they are right. The Jaguars thing, they're dysfunctional. You know, but the way I'm seeing it is I think uh, the Saints would do themselves good just to interview Byron Leftwich and see where he's coming from. A lot of the, this is new blood in the building for the Saints. You see you see what I'm saying? Eat both enemy and Byron Leftwich. So at least do an honest job of talking to these, these guys and getting their concepts because both of these guys – are offensive-minded players that can help the offense keep moving along if uh, Dennis Allen is not the suitor. But we'll see if it happens, and many people do have doubts that it would occur. It'll be it'll be fun just to see if the Saints pick his brain and see where he's going. But there are other dysfunctional, there's dysfunctional situations that's going on out there. Uh, the Texans and the Jaguars, they just, they just keep, they just do what they do, screw it up. You know, they just, them guys don't know what the hell they're doing. But being a man, uh, Byron Leftwich, you most certainly you can't do worse than that. I mean, you, I mean, those guys are pretty good, you know. Anyway, let's get to the next article right here, fam. By, uh, Ryan Ramcheck, big check as he's called, undergoes knee surgery after frustrating twenty-one season. I'm with you on that, uh, big check because yeah, it was frustrating as hell to see big check miss a string of games like that, and you know he was ready to get on that field, but man. Losing out with Ramcheck like that for all those games really hurt us offensively speaking as the Saints had over 50 offensive line men changes during the year. That is absolutely insane. But we had to put up with it anyway. Let's get the scoop here as Ramcheck uh, gets the surgery. And this is, of course, based on Ian Rappaport's uh, tweet that he said offseason knee surgery aimed at cleaning it out and alleviating the issues he battled all season. So it said the procedure was described as minor. The offseason up in the time for cleanup surgeries and the Saints right tackle Ryan Ramchek became the latest player to undergo the, to go into the knife. Rappaport reported Wednesday that Ramchek underwent a knee procedure that was, quote, described as a minor, described as minor, end quote. After knee issues cost him a lot of time during 21, 
The 653 snaps on offense he saw this year were the lowest of his career. His previous low was 997 in 2018, which led to team. He's otherwise going 1,000 snaps plus in every other season. And he's just been a model of consistency until these injuries hit. Initially injured in Week 10's road loss to the Titans, Ramchek was sidelined all the way through to Week 17. I thought he would come back at least several times, uh, uh, several games earlier than what he did. But, man, he made his return in the regular season finale against Atlanta. It helped us out a lot, a lot too. The Saints struggled to replace him during that stretch field in the combination of Hurst at 900. And I don't even much want to go through that, but there were so many different changes. Hopefully, Ramchek enjoys better health in 2022. He's under contract through 2026 and carries a 2023 cap hit north of 23 million bucks. Now, a huge chunk of which is ready made for restructure is to bring the Saints some bad in these cap relief. And you definitely know they're going to talk to Ramchek about bringing that figure down. By restructuring his 8.7 million roster bonus and a 10.5 million salary into a new signing bonus, the Saints can reduce the cap hit by as much as 14 and a half million, but doing so will raise the future cap hits by 3.6. And each year, unless the Saints tack on some void years at the end, you know, that phantom contract type thing the Saints like to do. If the Saints are confident he'll return to his all pro form, which he will, after an uncharacteristic volatile 21 campaign. This should be the move. It's also worth noting that the Saints wrote a performance bonus into Ramchek's big track, big checks contract, which raises his base salary by a million bucks. Wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. Count on all the hot, fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone, like eggs, cinnamon rolls, and even hot, fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave. Next time, do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. So, when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express, you'll wake up happy, a part of IHG Hotels and Resorts. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. And your subsequent season should be named a first or second all pro by the AP, specifically a left, a left tackle. That's coming. Replacing Tyron Armstead. We'll see how it all shakes out in the months and years ahead. But see, that was the game plan originally. We talked about it years before uh, Tyron Arm. I mean, before Drew Brees retired, when we knew when Drew Brees retired, Tyron Armstead, I said he would be the same year. When he goes, he goes. But the Saints kept Tyron that extra year. And you know that Armstead's been a booking for the Saints for a long time, but at some point you got to look at it and say, damn, injuries, 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 injuries. We got to find somebody uh, that is young and good that you can groom to become good, just like T. Ryan, like the brother Tyron was coming out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. He was a fourth-round draft pick for the Saints who turned a tournament into one of the best offensive linemen in the business. And that's what the black and gold do. We take guys out of Arkansas Pine Bluff, fourth round picks, and turn them into some of the best players in the league. We took a guy in the third round who was a little known running back out of the University of Tennessee via Alabama and turned him into one of the best running backs in the business. You see, 
So and there's many different examples of that as well. But it is what it is in terms of Ryan Big Check. I expect Ryan Ramchick to come back and play at a higher level uh, coming into this, this upcoming year. And it, it'll be fun seeing him get back uh, to where he belongs, man. We need him, man. We really do. All right, let's keep it going, fam. What's in store for the Saints' future? And and taking a look at the Senior Bowl here, and this is uh, coming by way of, of Luke out of Anola.com. And Luke saying, in every possible way, the Saints stand Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl was all about the future. They were there in force for the practices to go get an eye on some of those top prospects in the upcoming draft, but there were some notable absences in the stadium stands as the practice unfolded because of the other important thing they were able to do, which you know what it was, looking at head coaches, trying to find the next one. Finding the next uh, successor to Coach Payton was the top priority. The general manager, the pro and college uh, scouting directors, and vice president administration were all in the room for the coaching interviews at Mobile. The coming weeks and months should say quite a bit about the direction of the Saints uh, that they take in the post-Payton era. How that sound to you? With that in mind, here's some things I've got to come to I've come to expect and maybe not to expect after spending a few days in the center of the NFL universe. What to expect head coaching timing. New Orleans got into the head coaching cycle late because it was unusual. It was an unusual situation of having not fired its coach. The other eight teams knew they'd be seeking a new head coach by at least the, the days after their season ended or two full weeks before Peyton announced he was stepping down, but it didn't get that sense that late start will hurt New Orleans, maybe with the exception, the exception of getting a chance to interview DeBowell before he accepted the Giants job. <clears throat> the late start has not prevented the Saints from interviewing attractive candidates. They should have a strong pool to choose from, in which they do. Now comes the next question. When will they make the hire? Now, word on the street, like I said before, family that the Saints are going to interview coaches into the weekend. And then ultimately between uh, Sunday and early next week, they'll have the coach name. Now I bet you dollars, the donuts that that coach name would start with a D and, and, <laughs> and his last name ends with an N. <laughs> That's where I'm putting my money at. And I'm not even a gambling guy, but I tell you what, It'll be intriguing because, listen, the Saints moving in their own energy because, you know, you know what time this is, man. Let's not pretend. All right. Anyway, let's get back into it. General Manager Mickey Loomis said that the team is placing a great emphasis on getting a hire right than making a hire quickly. That's what he said. This is a timing element to this with several important decisions on the horizon. A new coach would need some time to assemble his staff. He wouldn't need to assemble much staff being that. Most of the staff is already in place. <laughs> slick. While the team is doing old slick Mickey, while the team is doing its due diligence with interviews taking roughly six hours to complete, the collaborative approach is an efficient one. That's not much wasted time in those interviews without knowing any ironclad specifics. Does does this does not feel like a decision that's going to drag out? No, that's it's not going to drag out. Michael's Thomas, will he stay a saint? There's been a lot of speculation surrounding Thomas, both from the media pundits and internet trade machine operators, but I wouldn't expect him to be playing. But I wouldn't expect him to be playing in 2022 else, uh, some, a season elsewhere. Uh, Thomas and the team appeared to have smoothed over whatever rift they had. They've been to that. And he had a minor procedure done during 21 season, though he would be ready to practice tomorrow. He should be ready to go once training camp arrives. That's the word on the street as well. That's he's expected back. Uh, shouldn't come as a surprise if the Saints just outright release Thomas. It would be 
a wash in a sea of dead money. That's not going to happen. And considering Thomas has not been healthy since his phenomenal 2019 season, as value as the trade chip has taken a considerable hit because he's hurt. This is not to say it's impossible for the right offer if they came alone, but with a shortage of receiving options behind him and with some uncertainty at the quarterback position, it makes little sense to get rid of a guy who caught 149 passes in a single season and the last time he was healthy. So absolutely, Luke, well said. The reality, baby, is that Michael Thomas is aren't or isn't going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. You're not going to trade him. Uh, you ain't, you're not going to cut him, and it'll be foolhardy to do. Uh, what you want to do is at least if you're thinking in that vein, and I'm not from that vein, I, I'll tell you, once Michael Thomas gets 100% healthy, he's going to play like the dog that he is because he always plays with a chip on his shoulder, and that's the bottom line. So, I mean, if you know Michael Thomas, you knows that he's going to bring it this upcoming season because he heard all that stuff, people talking about him, that you need to trade him, not to get rid of him and all this kind of old stuff. And he's going to play his ass off, bottom line. But anyway, let's finish up on this article and then we'll keep it moving. And of course, the QB pursuit, what happens there? The most pressing question is who will be the Saints next head coach? But right after that, this is the topic that has come up in interview process. Who's going to be their next quarterback, which is not a question that we probably going to be able to answer until you find out who your coach is. So one before the other, <laughs> one step before the other, get your coach. The coach will decide who his quarterback is, not you. Remember, that was the funk that was going on in Miami when Brian Flores wanted Herbert, Justin Herbert, from the Chargers. He wanted him to draft him, and the general manager and the owner wanted Tua. See how that turned out? Anyway, let them have this. If you're going to pick the coach, let him pick his own damn quarterback. The most pressing question uh, you know, is the, is the quarterback. One thing that feels safe to say right now is that the Saints will leave no stone unturned as they try to identify their starting quarterback for 2022, and they won't let their current salary cap situation deter them from pursuing an elite option if one is made available via trade. That doesn't necessarily make the Saints a favorite to land, say, a Flip Wilson or Aaron Rodgers if Seattle or Green Bay list offers for their star. They still have to compensate those teams fairly and perhaps – have to convince those players that New Orleans is still a premier destination, even if Peyton isn't calling plays. Still, I like to expect the Saints and their next head coach to be aggressive in the quarterback market. Now, what's not to expect? Blow up the roster, even with Peyton. No, it's not going to be a blow up. You know, you heard Mickey say that that he's not going to blow up the roster. There's no need to blow up the roster. There's no need to do that. The, and, and, and let's keep it going, though. Some have suggested it's time for the Saints to start reaping what they have sown with their aggressive salary cap maneuvering that currently has a team tens of millions over the cap. Yes, the Saints do not view themselves that way. The division right now is for the taking, especially if the Saints land of the right quarterback. And this is true because, number one, if you look at the NFC South right now, the the thing that sticks out is the fact that the Saints coach Peyton retires. Tampa Bay loses. It's big stuff going on in the division. Number one, uh, Tom Brady. Well, we're going to put Saints news first, which is Coach Payton retires after 15 years. All right. So but a lot of his personnel is still in place if Dennis Allen is the way to go. So what kind of transition is we talking here? New coach, new blood means new philosophy, getting familiar with the team. I don't see the Saints going. That's why I was saying it's good to talk to these guys because perhaps uh, while you're talking to him about the head coaching position, you commentate on him. Maybe you can 
then offer them another position that they can come in on the back end and perhaps help what's going on, perhaps. So, I mean, it, it serves many pur- purposes outside of just clearing the Rooney rule. But the the thing is, if Dennis Allen is a choice and they take the recommendation of the previous head coach and make Dennis Allen the coach, then the turnover is minimal. The 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 uh, feel for the coach is you know who he is. He's been in the building before. You know how he thinks. Will he be able to acquiesce with the players? You know that. You know that the players love playing for Dennis Allen on the defensive side of the ball. Then the thing would be, what would be his offensive style? Of course, he would retain Pete Carmichael, which he is one of the key understudies of Coach Payton's offense. He's not Coach Payton. He's not aggressive like Coach Payton. He's more conservative, if anything. But he will finally have the uh, limiters taken off of him so that he can uh, be the Pete Carmichael without the shadow of Coach Payton looming around him. He can finally be that coordinator that a lot of people think he could be. So you getting Dennis Allen there means that lot. And you know what the offense will have some signature effect from Coach Payton's offense, which if you are a general manager, like, listen, we love with Coach Payton Brown, but let's try to keep some semblance of that great offensive style that we had here and keep that going along with that killer defense. And I think we can have some success. We plug in the right players. We fix the offensive line. We have some more skill set players at the tight end position, the wide receiver position. We beef up the depth on the offensive line because what we happened, what happened to us last year, we get uh, a little bit up our level and finding talent in terms of undrafted guys. When the practice squad hit, we use that practice squad a little bit more strategic as a as a uh, a holding play a place for better players, veterans and guys like that who know what they're doing and and move them and keep the, the thing going to where it's supposed to be. Now we get Will Lutz back. We get Michael Thomas back. We have to add on to it. And of course the money, the Saints don't think about it. The Saints will clear the, the cap situation. They got several dozen contracts that they can, that can peek at to pull money down. So the Saints are really good at that. If you can beat a hundred million dollars, over a hundred million dollars last year, you can beat 40, 50, whatever the hell it is now. All right, so let's keep going. Let's finish up on this article here, fam, and then we'll we'll bounce to the next thing. So even though the big red number next to the salary cap figure will prompt plenty of think pieces suggesting New Orleans should trade Thomas or Elvin Kamara or Cam Jordan, assemble a bunch of draft picks and start over fresh, don't take the bait. It's not happening anytime soon. The Saints are having a gradual implementation of very talented players that we picked up in draft. I mean, you see it happen as the team – uh, situates itself on the shoulders of some of our more practical and, and intelligent players. You're talking Demario Davis. You're talking Killer Cam Jordan, who should shut up a lot of people after his performance this past season. We know what Demario Davis represents. You know, we they're key people who you put that offense, that defense on their shoulders, and they have pieces. Teron Armstead was that last year, a small sample size surgeon. So the offense has to be able to reestablish itself you know, Elvin Kamara is going to bring it. You know, Mike Tom- Thomas is going to bring it. And, of course, Jameis is a guy that I'm saying I'm pushing that. So Dennis Allen and Mike P. Carmichael could very well reach to Jameis and bring him back healthy, protect him better, give him more pieces, and then move this thing and see how it looks moving forward. So it'll be intriguing to see what the Saints uh, <laughs> charges. But altogether, we know the majority of the time, uh, it more than likely probably will be Dennis Allen. So we'll know uh, very soon. 
Thank you, Hoodie. What's up, brother? He said, like uh, Bicky always says, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Ooh, that to you, my brother. Just let you know if you haven't seen or heard, I reach. Okay, good, Hoodie. I'm, I know you was preached. You have, you, you, you got there, brother. I know you want a, a rack, man, but you got five. Congratulations to you, my man. Uh, hard work, isn't it? But keep it going, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you for your super chat. Congratulations to you, my man. Keep it going, brother. I mean, it ain't as easy as a lot. <laughs> as it is but yeah you just keep on doing what you're doing my friend all right so let's keep it going fam let's move on to the next thing here all right let's and what was the last one i think i got here all right this is one from uh, brian flores here and we talked i kind of hit on this a little earlier fam we talked about brian flores because brian flores is dropping some bombs on people man <laughs> he lighting he, he's lighting people up here so you know, I'm looking at it and I'm saying to myself, man, he's dropping a lot of stuff. The stuff that he said about uh, about Stephen Ross, the Miami Dolphins uh, owner, about how he had the party going on when he's supposed to meet an influential quarterback there. And then, of course, when he, he invites him on to his yacht, the owner to yacht, and then he realized that the guy, the influential quarterback, is on the lot. So he was coming to the the, to the yacht to meet with him and he got up off that yacht and left because he didn't want to violate them tampering rules so that was a very precarious situation of course after that meeting happened his his uh story says that uh well his account says that he then began to be treated very poorly and i remember the little bit about my and i might have to get dougie back on uh to to kind of talk about this thing but What's intriguing is that I remember when the Dolphins were winning uh, games, they had uh, before uh, Fitzpatrick uh, left uh, to go elsewhere, the Dolphins were winning games with him, and then the owner forced them to bench him. And I was like, why would they bench him? They're winning games with him. So as you – and I'm just thinking about some of the stuff. It's like I remember last year it was when they had Fitzpatrick there. They were winning games. Then all of a sudden, it was like, nah, we're going to, we want to see what the young guy can do. And they just benched him and they started losing. I'm like, why would you, you know? But Flores wanted to win ball games. So it's intriguing if you think about some of the history of how things floated. It kind of feels like it favors him because Flores is, don't seem like a guy that just goes and start making up fairy tales about people. All right. So let's look at it. Brian Flores stands in uh, where, where he stands in the Texans, Saints coaching searches after. You know, of course, you heard Mickey Loomis. I played it during early in the show about what Mickey Loomis said. He's a smart guy. He was impressed with his knowledge. And we know this about Brian Flores. Brian Flores is a very intelligent dude. If you listen to him in interviews when he's talking about football, he got a gift there. He's high, very high IQ. And he and the way he explains stuff, he got he gives you the ability to be able to see the game. Like you might have people. Uh, in different levels of understanding how it's flowing. If you listen to him break down stuff, he got a good way of putting pictures inside your head to see what he's saying and to actually walk even the novice through what he's talking about. So, yeah, that's the communication, man. The gift of gab is a very a big thing. It can take you a lot of places in this world. And Brian Flores made headlines this week with the news that he's suing the NFL and its teams for discriminatory hiring practice. That said, Flores is still hopeful that he can land one of two coaching jobs for which he still is running. And let me tell you something, bro. When you are suing the NFL and several teams <laughs> about discriminatory hiring practice while going through uh, hiring practices with other teams, 
uh, don't expect to get a chance. I mean, you know, those that's a tight knit club, those owners, uh, and they they're gonna ride with each other, man. And don't think for a second they like to spend all this money on press to make them sound good, look good, and seem all uh, uh philanthropic and all that. But the reality is, it's all about bread, man. And most of the teams, the majority of the teams. Uh, in the NFL, got they have super sweetheart deals from their family bases. Most of the stadiums, if they own, are, are paid for by the family members, maintained by the family members, and and that includes utilities as well. That means, and then when the time comes when games are played out of said facility, they reap over eighty five percent of the profits coming out. So it don't go back to the people who are, are taking care of it. And that's what I call a underhanded rotten situation that doesn't benefit you in this uh, purely out of greed that uh, this is allowed to happen because most of the politicians that's responsible to deal are paid off and not, not representing your interests. So, uh, you know, that's why you got to have watchdog groups to keep these people or wrangle these people in, which you expect. We don't know those people. We don't know these politicians. They ain't nothing but liars anyway. But anyway, let's get into this and finish this up. All right, so uh, before we filed the class action line, this is him talking. I sent messages to both teams letting them know that we would be filing, he said, poor, uh, and this is coming right walkupnola.com, but he also letting them know that I am very interested in coaching and leading other, uh, either of those teams. Is that, along with his impressive coaching resume, enough to convince a team to hire Flores? It could be tri tricky, but at least possible. The breakdown of the Texans and St. Coaches searches and who, along with the Flores comp uh, comprises each team's top candidates. You look at this and he says Flores stands in the Texas search. I mean, if you look at him in the Texas search, he should be like one of the top candidates for the Texas job. I mean, he's a young, energetic, smart coach that knows how to teach the defense. He just has to get him an offensive a component, an offensive person to be able to help him with his offense. But if I'm the Texans, I'm looking at Flores. I'm saying, listen, I like that dude. But the reality is they're probably going to go with somebody else and screw it up. Because why? Because they're the Texans. That's what they do. Flores is among the finalists, one of the finalists for the Texans coaching job. He interviewed or requested his second interviews of four candidates. He are requested. So four candidates, Flores, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, former NFL quarterback Josh McCown. Are you kidding? And Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. Now, it's said that uh, uh, that three candidates seem like realistic options for Houston as O'Connell reportedly will land the Vikings job. So O'Connell, yeah, I think that has already been said that the Vikings offered Kevin O'Connell the job. So that takes him out of there. So it's Flores against uh, defensive coordinator from the Eagles, Jonathan Gannon and Josh McCown. What the hell has he been doing lately? Now, uh, Gannon is is up and coming defensive coordinator, but 39 years old, just one year coordinator experience under his belt. Granted, Flores has never held a full-time defensive coordinator role before the Dolphins hired him, but he was heavily involved in the running the Patriots defense during the final years of the team. At this point, he has far more experience than Gannon. Meanwhile, McConnell has no coaching experience, but he sent the 2020 season, spent that 2020 season on the Texans practice squad, mentoring some of the quarterbacks. Still, that's hardly makes him qualified to go from being a practice squad squatter, a practice squad quarterback and a career backup to being a full-time NFL coach. <laughs> if they don't hire that man, boy, they're going to sign. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Come on. That's, 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 that's crazy. All right, Rich, what's up, brother? Thank you for your super chat. I'm pissed, Q. This is something all Saints fans been saying for years. Goodell is quiet, quiet as a mouse. Oh yeah. 
this some BS we we gotten robbed in so many ways. Well, yeah, and why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Sometimes during Christmas, something magical happens. Hey, Cricket customers. The Max with Ads plan is included with the Cricket $60 Unlimited plan at no additional cost. And this holiday season, Max is the one to watch when you're feeling festive. Son of a nutcracker. Cozy up to all the holiday classics like Elf, 8-Bit Christmas, and the Harry Potter 8 Film Collection. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. Phone plans, streams, and standard definition programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. The reality is, thank you for your super chat, by the way. Yeah, uh, and and I've been saying that, and I've been that's been the main spew of mine because I pay attention to the numbers. I'm not just gonna sit up here and just look at football. <laughs> there would be no football without money, meaning the economics surrounding the the bureaucracy, which is a large part of, in some part of why I think Coach Payton uh, is 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 kind of got away from the game because it wears on you the bureaucracy around the sport. We don't think about that because we don't see it. But when you start getting intricate and start looking at the economics of the situation, you can see how this thing is set up in the NFL just is a giant succubus that just continues to pull money out despite all of the clever and uh, entertaining uh, propaganda that they spew out about how the NFL cares and all these different little situations or stuff. They just try to soften their images. This is the same. It's still the same league. Uh, that was hiding concussion data for years and other data will be coming out soon on the health situation that they try to contain as damage control. But this is also a nonprofit organization. This is also an organ. This is also an organization that is registered as an entertainment entity while while pretending to be a football entity. This is in the this is in their charter. Most people are not uh, aware of such a thing, but <laughs> which is why. That's one of the biggest secrets they don't want to know. So it's 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 that's why NFL entertainment is so big. But since you're saying that you're a football league, I'm gonna hold you to your standards. I'm gonna hold you to your standards. Anyway, hoodie, thank you, bro. He says, Well, no more Doug Peterson because the Jags just signed him. Okay, yeah, Dougie P off the board. Thank you for that. But let's get back into this because the finalists for Flores, I'm gonna get through this article, then we'll jump. Uh, is that <laughs> The defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, man, come on. You can't pick him over Flores. But if you you would definitely know something, Kevin O'Connell is gone. He's going to the Vikings. McCown is not experienced enough versus Flores. Flores should be the guy to land this Texans job. Come on. He got to be. The only reason why he's fired, if you go back and look up, and I did some research on Brian Flores, and I, the first question I asked about Brian Flores and Adolphus is, why did he get fired? You know? Why? You know, he seemed like a pretty respectful dude. Why did he get fired? And then I started finding articles about why he got fired. But when they sent out the statements, usually it's the general manager that comes out and says this, that, and the third about Mr. Flores. But the bulk of the comments that were being made was being made by Stephen Ross, the owner, about we decided to go in a different direction and yada, yada, yada. But the truth is going to come to light sooner or later. On what happened, but I, if truth be told, uh, you know, it is we're gonna get down the, the brass tacks. But for the Texan situation, 
he should be the front runner to get that job based on the people that they're looking at. So would the Texans still consider Flores? Rappaport reports that Houston was extremely interested. That's good. In Flores, and that could still pursue him if they believe him to be a major upgrade, which who else you got? Houston, Texas are in a team that were extremely interested in him. You could say, how would they hire him? The answer would be they do what's best for them and worry about everything else after that. One thing I know about Nick Casario is he will do what's best for his football team, which is continue a, a cycle of losing. And <laughs> he didn't put that. I put that in there and not really care about the ramifications and repercussions. So potentially this could be in play. However, there's one big issue that would need to be resolved. Flores referenced the Texans firing of Cully after one season in, in his lawsuit. It will be interesting to see if it impacts how Houston's front office ownership group views his candidacy, D.C. And we've seen this before. We've seen this before with other teams in the NFL. Like uh, when you take on a big, massive, ugly, stinking uh, octopus uh, gila monster like the NFL, then expect that it because you got to look at it. It look who it picked to represent it as a league. The face of the league is Roger Goodell, who everybody hates. The only people that like Goodell is his family. I mean, his his his, his wife and his children. That's the only people, the people that surround him that he gave positions to. But real football people, they don't like Roger Goodell. But do the NFL cares? Like they like the NFL cares. Do the NFL cares that the look that the family base across the league is not just Saints family members. It's majority of all the family members from all of the teams do not like Roger Goodell. They don't like him. They, when he gets up there doing a draft, they boom, but the NFL sees it. But what do they do about it? They do not take him out. They do not say, listen, bro, you are muddying the image. We want our commission to be friendly and looked upon as a guy. That's a people person that will do that. Da, 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 da. They don't care. And why? Because Goodell makes some money. He does whatever they tell him to do. So, I mean, but they don't care about how you view the commissioner. They don't. They used to care some time ago that the face of the NFL is a friendly guy, even though behind the scenes he could be an absolute jerk. But the reality is you have to have this guy to be liked by the family base. But the NFL has got so monstrous and, and ridiculous that it doesn't care, even though the representative is very hated, especially by the Who That Nation. The owner should make this guy, uh, I ain't gonna say pay tithes to the Who That Nation, but he also, but it is it, something got to be done because when they pulled out that rabbit out they had about the bounty gate stuff, uh, then they apologized for it. Many people don't even realize they apologized for it. Some people still under the narrative that the Saints committed some wrongness. They disproved all of that stuff, but did the NFL? who totally ran with it and tried to blast the who that organization and took the team apart for several years so that the Saints would not compete in back-to-back Super Bowls because we're on the street. You wasn't supposed to win that one. Peyton was supposed to, uh, Peyton Manning was, the Colts was supposed to beat the Saints. And as a result, they didn't like it. So they punished the Saints with all this BS for several years. And they never gave any draft picks or capital, the money, they lost, all this stuff. This is because the NFL did what they did to the Saints. But be, but let uh, Robert Kraft's cheesy ass, get it, Kraft cheese, run around here in massage parlors, and then the judges tell the people to destroy the tape when you're up in there having sex in the massage parlors. Do, did Goodell ban him? Did Goodell do him anything? <laughs> what about all the various spy situations that was happening? These scandals 
that happen with the with the New England Patriots. Did uh, Goodell did uh, they get rid of uh, Belichick for a year like they did Coach Payton? Did he force him to dismantle his team with his coordinators? Don't talk and all these other people that's not Saints people. Don't talk to me if you don't know what I'm talking about because you have absolutely no idea of the of what's going on here between the Saints and the NFL. You have absolutely no idea. The Giants, I mean the the uh, Cowboys people could feel me because they voted against it. Jerry Jones voted against Goodell to be the commissioner. And he is a, uh, a very vindictive dude. So you got to be on a whole nother level when you're dealing with these Cretans. But anyway, Sir Footlong said paying coaches to lose games is sad. It also brings to light could be deeper than that beyond the belief that because listen, and you know what, Sir Footlong, you're absolutely right. He said beyond belief that it could be paying refs to No, it's not. And that's what MC Seeing I see, I love it because what it does is it rips away another piece of the veneer to say if they could be doing this, what else other what else, what other things are they doing, Q? What I've been trying to told you. I've been trying to tell you, baby. I've been trying to tell you for years about the NFL and how they play ball. And they talk about money corrupting people and all this kind of madness, but it is what it is. You know, it's just more of the same that how they play ball. They do anything for the money. I'll sir full on say so then the NFC championship game looks sus for real. Well, yeah, it because it's all about making money. And remember, there's a, such a thing in the NFL where people don't open their mouth if they own us. It's called revenue sharing. <laughs> so whatever the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bungles, I can't call them that no more because they got they got our guys there from New Orleans doing that stuff. And then these people talking about who they and all that kind of stuff. It's really weird to hear the Cincinnati Bengals say who they and I'm saying, oh, that sounds so terrible. That sounds so awful. Are you crazy? It's the same. It's still in the same tone and harmony as who that said they're gonna beat that same. Our stuff came before you couldn't go and take somebody else stuff. Go, go take the Eagles fly high thing. I know it's kind of corny and it's old, but they are old team. But go take their stuff. Don't come over here messing with them. But they stole it. Like no, we gonna do it with the Saints. Who they say they gonna be? What? Don't that sound insane? But credit to the Bengals though. They got our guys up there from LSU winning. So. It was smart enough to get them. But the reality outside is what I'm saying is that a lot of the stuff that happens in the NFL with the commissioner is it, it is sus. It is very sus. Uh, it's just is in people's eyes are open to that and more in this world. And I'm happy to hear that. I really am. All right. All right, brother prime. Thank you for that. All right. He says, uh, per, uh, per the enemy relative, the NFL is holding something and he did in college over his head that's stopping them from being a head coach oh, okay i did not know that inside scoop says brother prime okay wow all right appreciate you that all right thank you for the rest of the fam man for that man what's up willie thank you willie for becoming a youtube member appreciate you my brother thank you all right kt what's up kt what's happening baby kt says who that i talked uh with my dad about the treatment of the team is sort of like the raiders when l davis was alive yeah yeah you could say that too you could say that too. That's very true. Yeah, I remember that the, the days uh with that back in the days when that was going on with them. Uh what's up, Teal? Who that to you, bro? Appreciate you being here. Much love to the fam, man. Appreciate all y'all guys being here. Uh what's up, uh Francis, Big Daddy Francis here. Can you remember when the Saints played the Vikes in the NFC championship game? Bread for uh bread for quarterback. The overtime rules changed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. It it's always changes. It always changes. Remember that happened this year. It's just really crazy come to think about it because 
you could think about somebody. We could do a whole show talking about the most ridiculous plays that happened just this year. We don't have to go past this year. Uh, some of the most ridiculous uh, things that we've seen happen in the football game. We don't have to talk about Cam scooping up that fumble and then the referees blowing the play dead so the Saints don't get the, the touchdown. <laughs> they had no reason. Just blew the play dead so the Saints don't get the touchdown. We got to stop him from scoring. You know, it's, it's 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 it goes on and on and on. The play, the 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 garbage time, Roger Goodell, BFI, coastal waste, uh, play of the year, in my opinion, goes to the referee, who looked like Eric Dickerson, who was in the Tennessee Titans game, who threw the flag, the the roughing the passer flag for Tannehill and the Titans, but waited to see. Marcus Williams picks the interception off in the end zone before he threw the flag to take it away, away from the Saints. To get... <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. But that goal to show you right then and there that you can't, some things people got to use, they got to look and see, but that required nothing at all. You can look at the angle and see he wasn't paying attention to Tannehill on the ground because he had seconds. And then he was looking down the field, and I put it on the screen. I showed the family members. Remember, I kept playing it back and said, look where he's looking. He was looking down the field like everybody else in the picture was looking down the field to see what's happening in the end zone. And when he seen Marcus Williams make that interception, that flag came out for roughing the pass. And I said, see, there you go. There you go. Now you know what you're dealing with. All right, Brother Thomas, thank you. So he's looking like they're more involved with Vegas. Than yeah, and remember, they used to run for that. The NBA and the NFL used to run from Vegas, denied Vegas to have teams because they didn't want the appearance that the league and, and that the leagues, whether it basketball or football, was in bed with Vegas. So they stayed away from Vegas. Now Vegas has the Raiders and that brand new stadium out there. And now they go, they are the NBA is looking down the line to give them a pro team as well. So, like I said, they are in bed with Vegas. They make tens of billions of dollars off of these gambling apps now that's a whole nother what five plus billion dollars in revenue the nfl is going to make off these freaking gambling apps that's coming up you know and that you know who runs the the casinos it unswitched back in the day it was the mafia then it became corporations that act like mafia they just adopted their techniques in many cases they ever they evoluted up to corporate levels because you got uh, companies that operate that's a corp it's a, a corptocracy in this world <laughs> most of the bad stuff is happening is ran by the, co the corporations the fortune 500s all the ones responsible for all the wrongdoing that's happening in the world man <laughs> all this is them but see the thing is the solution is you recognize do your research find out who they are that's working against you and you stop supporting them you shut it all down without doing any without lifting your finger just have a little spending discipline. That's all. It's real. It's really that simple. Anyway, let's finish up on this, man, and get done with it. Brian Flores stands in Saints coaching search. You heard Mickey Loomis say he was very impressed with the with the man, and he should be. So far, the Saints have interviewed Dougie P, Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, who uh, Campbell, the coach of the uh, Matt Campbell, a uh, damn camp Dan Campbell was saying he was scared to lose Aaron Glenn. I said, dude, what you talking about? You ain't gonna lose that. Man. <laughs> you ain't gonna lose that man. The team is also planning to interview its own coordinators. Dennis Allen's supposed to be today. They were saying he was supposed to meet with them today. Darren Rizzi is sometimes down the line. I was thinking Pete Carmichael would throw his hat in the ring. <laughs> Carmichael don't want no part of it. 
for the job and request interviews from Brian Leftwich, whether we'll see if that happens. And we know Brian DeBowell got hired by the Giants. The Saints have a diverse group of options. Peterson, Allen, Flores all have previous coaching experience. If the Saints want a proven option, Flores could fit the bill. Per Nick Underhill, he said the Saints went with Flores at the Senior Bowl. This is just the first meeting with Flores, but they have yet to request any second interviews to date. So Flores stands a chance of getting his job. However, given that Allen would provide continuity since he's been here with the team since 2015, the Saints front office were favoring him for that role. That's not a surprise in the NFL that knows that the Saints eventually, when the, the dust settles on the coaching search, that your new coach will be Dennis Allen because of everything that comes in with that, which is the uh, the, and, and the guy mentions in an article, the big word, continuity, meaning we keep the, Dennis Allen's defense together, his relationship with the defensive stars and the young guys, the development continues. The fact that he always had, he has much of the same staff in place from pr his prior situation. The fact that his offense will be Pete Carmichael's to run and that he'll give Carmichael a uh, 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 ability to run it as he see fit. And we like we said, Carmichael is not Sean Payton. He's a lot more conservative than Sean Payton. So you might get a more balanced attack uh, with Carmichael at the helm. And then, of course, some of the does the philosophy of the team changes. It doesn't change drastically of uh, what they do, but it does provide you on a lane where you can think they go. You see where they go as opposed to there are a dozen lanes here they can go. Dennis Allen kind of centers them from all these different lanes to put them maybe in one or two lane. Then you can start. At, then once he gets hired, he gets his coaching staff in place. And then you can say, okay, Jameis Winston, they're going to bring Jameis off this, that, and the third, as opposed to uh, Eric Bieniemy or Byron Leftwich, who might, if they, you know, could get the job, anything's possible, right? A small percentage anyway, that he can get the job, but then he might not find, see Taysom Hill and say, I don't know about that guy. <laughs> I don't know if I could do with nothing with you, Taysom. I'm going to just turn you into a running back full-time and we'll get another quarterback or whatever. You know, you see what I'm saying? It does bring some of the personnel into questioning depending on the next coach you get because they're going to bring their own people in and they got their own philosophy on how they want to do this thing. And also, if you take Dennis Allen, outside of the continuity or the familiarity, it's all the, also the fact that many of the coaches are in place right now being that the Saints are kind of taking their own time right here, assembling staff. When you got all these other coaches filling up their staff with people right now, fortunately, we didn't lose none of our guys. I know Coach Rashard, the DB coach, um, was interviewed by the Ravens and the Steelers for the defensive coordinator position. But when Dennis Allen, if he gets the job, and the bet is probably that he is get the job, who's going to be the next defensive coordinator? There's several questions. I want to know who would be the next D.C., it could be either Chris Rashard or Ryan Nielsen. That's my two top guys I'm looking at. Who's going to be the quarterback? I'm thinking it's still Jameis gets an opportunity. You might draft a guy. It does change how you look at the draft. No more all these Ohio State players. Perhaps we get some more LSU guys in there. You know, Coach Payton was the one driving this Ohio State thing. He's from His mind is from up there. He liked to pick his apples from up there, like I've said countless of times. But, yeah, Flora, it's intriguing and interesting how it all goes. But, really, the Texans – no, unless they bring another hire in here, none of those guys, if McCown gets the job, the Cesario, whatever his name is, a McClown. That's what <laughs> so you have McCown and you have McClown if he hires that guy. But Flores should get that Texans job, man. He should get that job out there. He really should. But anyway, let me, uh, I'm about to break out of here, fam. Let me read a few comments from the family members as well. 
Uh, yeah, let me get a few comments there from the fam. Uh, Brother Eric says, Q, think about what they wanted the Rams to make. Uh, he says, think about what they wanted the Rams to make it to feel the bit. Yeah, yeah. What, remember we said that. We talked about that last year when the, when the Rams built that new facility. The NFL wanted to make the Rams viable. Remember, the teams kept losing or lo they kept losing their teams. Remember, they were there before. The Rams were the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Raiders. How do you have the second busy, biggest media uh, 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 set up in the entire country? You got New York, and then there's L.A., and you don't have a team there. They, the NFL feeling like they're missing out on a lot of money, so they got two teams there. And then you had the Chargers fighting the state. They sharing the state, so the Chargers moved from San Diego, who was a good base for them, but they couldn't fleece. They couldn't fleece or scam money out of the fan ba family base down in San Diego no more because they had good sense. They wanted to build their roads and schools. And these people talking about, no, we need this big building. They say, you take that team and get your ass up out of here. So they went to L.A. Well, guess what? They also remember the Rams came from, what, Missouri? You know, they were there in Los Angeles first. They went to uh, Missouri, wanted to, to St. Louis, and then they won a championship, then came back out to L.A. The guy bought them and he took them back out there to L.A. Why? Because they don't support NFL teams out there. They don't. That's why they kept losing them. They don't support them. So an NFL says, well, what, what they like out there, they like the college stuff. They don't like the pro football. So they force feeding them two teams like they're doing in New York. And then what it does do, it takes away a team from somewhere else that could use a team. Like there should, there should be a rule where you shouldn't have uh, two teams claiming the same city. How you got two teams with the same, you see what I'm saying? Why is that not asked? Say Goodell. Why do you have two NFL teams playing out of the same stadium in the same city? What you doing? Because they're trying to get all the money they can get out of them areas. But really, one of those teams should go somewhere else for New York, the, the Giants or the, the, the Jets, whatever. And then another team from L.A. should go somewhere because some other city could use that. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. But that's how they operate. But, you know, they force feed. When they built that new building out there, we knew that the Rams, they were there plan in there and we knew they'll be viable over the next several years because of that billion dollar stadium 
They're trying to build up that market. And the best way to do it is to get the Rams to win a Super Bowl, to help him win a Super Bowl so that the Rams, oh, and they'll feel proud about the organization and want to then support it. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, like I said, man, they're not, them people not clever at what they're doing. This shit's so just transparent as hell. Them people ain't smart or clever what they're doing, not, a, not the least bit. Sir Footlong said, if Sean coaches the NFC, how do he say how we he says if 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 Sean coaches the NFC, how do we beat the architect? Well, Dennis, listen, remember, Dennis Allen play his defenses have been handling up against Coach Payton. So remember that Dennis Allen came a long way to understanding how to kind of stop Coach Payton, even though Coach Payton uh team wasn't as prolific as they were. But the word on the street is that. He's lining up for the Dallas job. That's another transparent thing. Um, the Giants situation, we know that that wasn't going to be the thing. Chicago, all the Giants, they hired coaches We for a long time. He's going to wait till it comes. The situation dies off, and then he'll take the Dallas job because they're going to keep McCarthy there for another year. And whether he balls or not, he's going to be out of there for Coach Payton. Now, should we be mad about that? That's the next question. The next question is, should we be mad about Coach Payton if he takes the Dallas Cowboys job, which he probably will take next year? The answer is no. He said, Q, come on, bro. You ain't going to be mad at Coach Payton if he takes the job of the Dallas. No. Why? Because he came from there. Remember, when we we didn't even want Payton. We wanted Gary Kubiak, but Gary Kubiak got an offer from the Texans, and he asked Tom Benson, listen, I'll be your coach, because he wanted to come to New Orleans. I'll be your coach if you match with the Texans of Pammy. You know what Tom Benson said? No. Instead, he said, I got Sean Payton. That's how it went. It bro, listen. Then they spin it romantically later. They like to romanticize he, the, the, the the history, you know. Which I'm 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 against that. I'm not about romanticizing history. Let's tell it like it is. They didn't even want coach. Coach Payton was the second guy. Kubiak was the first because Kubiak had all the credentials. Kubiak had he was an offensive coordinator with two Super Bowl rings. He ran, he went to the Super Bowl. He won it as a as a he won it as a as a player. And then he wanted as a coordinator with Denver, and he had a lot of uh, experience on Coach Payton in the, as far as that goes. And Tom Benson wanted Kubiak, but Kubiak wanted him to, to match the money the Texans was paying him. And he, Tom Benson said, well, no. Even though Tom Benson could match the money, he just said, no, I'm not going to do it. And he got with Coach Payton, who was a cheaper option. That's for That brass brass tax. And after that, Coach Payton built himself up, had great drafts, did everything that he was supposed to do, and did did an admirable job, man. Won a lot of ball games for the black and gold. And now, and remember, you got him from that. He came from Dallas. He came from, he was, he was coming away from Dallas when you was hiring him out there. You know, I'm just saying, I'm just reminding you of history. So what they're doing, they're getting back their guy who they had, because even though he came down here and made a name for himself. You know, that's where we came from. He came from up there. So I'm not I'm not upset about him. He gave us the best that he can do. And he said, you know what, fam? This is the best I can do. You know, I'm all burnt out. Let me go ahead on by my bit. All right, Coach Payton. Thank you, sir. Have a nice day. We'll see you down the line. So yeah, absolutely. We'll be we'll be we'll have some good battles against him in New Orleans. Uh he goes to Dallas. It'll take the level of the competition between the Saints and the Cowboys to another level. But being mad that he's out there, absolutely not. We got him from them people, man. He's just going back home where he come from. That's pretty much how I look at it. So that's why I tell you, 
bro, like I said, history teaches you some stuff. And I, like I said, I'm not going to romanticize it. Like I said about Drew Brees, when the Saints got Drew Brees, uh, the Saint Drew Brees did not want to come to the Saints. He wanted to go to Miami. And it was between Miami. Uh, it was two between a quarterback competition between Dante Culpepper, the former Minnesota Viking quarterback, Deontay Culpepper, and Drew Brees. Both of them had uh, injuries uh, to their arm and shoulders, which the coach general manager at that time was Nick Saban. He was there for one year. He went eight and eight. That was the year he had to pick his quarterback. He chose Culpepper. The loser would have came to New Orleans because they did not want to come. The Saints offered Drew a big money, some big checks. Drew ain't want that. But when Dallas, when Miami chose Culpepper over Breeze, Breeze then came to New Orleans. That's not romanticizing it about all these people with these documentaries talking about Drew Breeze sitting and sitting in New Orleans was in a bad time. He wanted to be just lift the people's spirits and, and all this kind. That came after the fact. But at the start of it, that man was trying to go to Miami. <laughs> The city was underwater, man. <laughs> you know, I, that's what it was. Now, he made a name for himself here, but the, that's it didn't start off that way. It started off, he was trying to go to the beaches of Miami. To hang <laughs> didn't start that way. I'm telling y'all, man, they be romanticizing it, man. I ain't going to play games with you. But anyway... The I, I, only thing I can say about this whole thing is I'm really happy that the Saints are doing their due diligence looking at some of these people. Uh, I, I like them looking and talking to guys like uh, Byron Leftwich. I like them talking to Eric Bieniemy, who's a local. He's from here. So to get get him in the building, was, it's, it's nice. I don't know if they're going to actually interview Byron Leftwich because it doesn't fit the time frame unless Leftwich uh, meets with the, the Saints uh, during this weekend. We'll know in the next several days. But the time frame is... The Saints want a head coach in place in the next four to five days. And we're saying somewhere around between Monday and Wednesday of next week. Between that time frame, it could be hell. It could be Sunday. But between the time frame of Monday and Wednesday of next week, the Saints want to name the head coach. So, like I said, we'll see how it all steps and where it goes. All right, Sir Fulon says, sorry, Q, seeing him. With a star on his head. He come from there, bro. I get what you're saying, sir, for long because he paid all them years down here. But, bro, he came from Dallas. He came from Dallas. He just going back home, bro. You know what I'm saying? He just going back home. Now, if he was a true who that, he would have retired, hung him up and said, nah, the who that nation, I'm such and such, such and such. But like I did not keep telling family members, I was like, listen, your loyalties rely lie with the team. The team. Because a coach and a player could leave here and go somewhere else and end up coming back to tell you up. Didn't I tell you that? The loyalties of the family base supposed to be with the team. With the team, not with the coach, not with the players, but with the team. Because the players are, they are, the majority of them are guys that's not Saints people. They Some of these guys grew up all over the nation. They're Cowboys people. They're 49ers people. They're all these kind of people. You see what I'm saying? And at any given time, these guys can, uh, when that contract is up, they they free agents. They hired help. At the end of the time, they can go somewhere else and go coach somewhere. They go to Atlanta. They go at the Tommy Morstead. Buck at it when when Atlanta offered to put that give him a contract to put that helmet on. Did he? No, he was proud as hell, taking Twitter shots and everything, wearing the the, the Falcon helmet. Why? Because that's what it is to them. You're you are a diehard. You can't see yourself putting on. The, the Falcons jersey or the Cowboys jerseys, 
if you're a black and gold person. You can't see that. Now, I can understand you having two teams like you might like an AFC team and you got an NFC team. I can get that. And some with two NFC t- team. I, you can respect other teams. I get that. But if you're a downhard uh, person and this is your squad, man, you're not putting on them other people's jersey unless you lost a bet. <laughs> you ain't putting on them other people's jerseys unless you lost a bet. And you just honorable like that, and you got to fill in your bet. Now, that's that's facts. That's facts right there. So, like I said, with the team, with the team. And I've been people was telling me, oh, Coach Payton, this. I say, fam, listen, I know you got love for him because he did some stuff here, but your loyalties is with the team, with the team, with the team, with the team. Because the players and coaches can go somewhere else and sign up with somebody else and come back and hurt you. Keeping the trail. Sir Fulon says, come on, Q. You can't sit here and say if Peyton won a Super Bowl with the Cowboys, you're not going to be looking at him with what the – nah, bro, it is what it is, bro. It is what it is. That's – I it's I can't I, – I can't look at it no other way but that real. The man gave you 15 years. He did the best that he can do, right? To the I mean, he did the best he can do, and he stepped away. And like I said, when this happened, I said, family, Coach Peyton looking at his team, and if, this, if the team he was – a Super Bowl, he felt there was a few pieces off from a Super Bowl, and in the length of time, his contract, which which was two years, would he have left the team? If he felt that in two years, which was the length of his contract or whatever, that within that two years, we'd be competing for a Super Bowl. So it wasn't even a second thought about that, because if you burnt out, you just let your assistants handle it, and you just go take some time off and come back when you're ready. Or another way could have handled it to, to handle it is, you could have just said, listen, I'm going to just step back a year in the organization. You named interim coach Dennis Allen or Pete Carmichael. Let him run it for a year, and then I'll come back. And after refreshing, getting away from the game, I'll come back and assume the head coaching job. He could have done that if he needed a rest. The, the Saints would have accommodated him, would have accommodated Coach Payton in any kind of way. He could have took a break for a year within the organization appointed his own interim coach or his his temporary successor while he takes the break and then when that one year's over he comes back refreshed and ready to coach he could have done that looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play Play 100 at prizepicks.com slash play 100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Paid actor portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected. 
thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. But it was time he seen them cowboys over there and said, I can do something with that. Let the man go. Let them go. We don't keep nobody that won't, that won't be kept. That, that's why I'm telling you, uh, for, Sir Fulon, I'm telling you that, is that, listen, we don't keep nobody that don't want to be kept. We ain't, we ain't holding nobody hostage. If you don't want to be here and you don't think you can win here and you need a break, hasta la vista, coach. You did us. You thank you for the Super Bowl and all the regular season wins. Thank you for all the exciting Sunday action, you and Drew Brees and all that type of stuff. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you and have a nice uh, rest of your life. That's how it's supposed to be. 16 years is enough. What we want him to be here for 20, that's not, that's something that rarely happens. Look at Belichick. Belichick probably going to be there for 20 plus years. You know what I'm saying? I can see him doing that. But but Coach Payton has uh, plans. He got married and it all changed. So he goes wherever he goes. I say, let him go over there. If they win a Super Bowl, man, congratulations to him. You know what I'm saying? I can't hate on nobody uh, but the the, the Falcons when we talk about Super Bowls. But then again, I can't hear it on foul. I just pity the Falcons because if they do get to the Super Bowl, they're going to end up losing or falling out of it or probably building up a big lead and then letting it go and then losing by a field goal or a touchdown. And then you will feel sorry for them. So your your laughter will turn to pity quite instantaneously as they're self-sabotaging. So you would see that and you would say, damn, man, you know, then you would be pitying them, you know. So he's like, pat them on the back, say it'll be all right, little man. You're going to make it. Just keep on trying. You know, keep trying. I'm just saying. Coach Payton gave us 16 years, fam. Let him go. All right. So <laughs> people going to be upset about it when it happens because it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to be one of them. Coach Payton does, did what he do. You know, we should be good enough to beat the Cowboys over the next couple of years. If we do what we're supposed to do, we should be a top 10 team in this league. If we do what we're supposed to do. We draft like we know we can draft. We coach like we know we can coach. And we keep doing what we're doing. We should be a, a a top 10 in this top 10 team in this league for the next several years. And we should reclaim the NFC South back with all the flux that's going on with the Cowboy. I mean, with the uh, NFC, with Coach Payton stepping out of that thing, they're going to put Dennis Allen there. You're going to retain some of the offensive principles in the familiarity. They're just going through the rigmarole. And then, of course, the next thing is you look at other teams like Atlanta who don't want Maddie Ice there. Eventually, Maddie Ice is going to leave, and they got to find out who they're going to put in his place. But the problem is Arthur Smith don't know what he's doing. You know, he <laughs> you need to work on his play calling because it sucks. And then, of course, they have turnover as well. Then you're dealing with the Tampa Bay squad that lost Tom Brady for two years. He hasta la vista them. And they're going to be back to the losing ways because they got to figure out a way to get people there so they can keep it winning. Twenty five something free agents. They're going to take a fall. You know, they're going to take a step back and pull Carolina with my dog, Dave and Rashard. They got Bob McAdoo as an offensive coordinator. I was like, ain't that's the same dude from the Giants that did that was known for just slick back hair and talking sporty to the media, didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> and he's the uh, okay, whatever. But you know, like I said, in rule, they don't really they're not confident in rule. 
He talking about the process and Jay-Z didn't take Jay-Z's uh four years to make it to the top. What what are you talking about, bro? What are you <laughs> boy? I'm telling you, it's a lot of it's a lot of changing going on in the NFC South. But if any team in the position to stabilize and take advantage of what's going on in the NFC South, it's the Saints. Rest assured, it's the Saints. So anyway, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I, with, with that. <laughs> oh man, hey, I'm telling you, isn't that guy? That guy is the same dude that was the coach of the Giants for like two years, I think it was. And the only thing he was known for is having slick back hair and them and the Magnum PI shades he used to wear. Remember that? That dude was an utter joke. Maybe he's a better coordinator. I don't know. He stuck around some kind of way. Well, Rule, Rule don't know what he's doing, fam. <laughs> Rule don't know what he's doing. But anyway, with that being said, man, listen, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all for spending some time with me on this Thursday. I'm going to let y'all go, man. I, I please hit the like button before y'all do. Hit the like button. If you're not a subscriber, feel free to subscribe and join the Great Saint Think Tank. The sports coma, baby. All right, 504 Coast says, appreciate Sean, but bring on being a mirror. But I can see them going with Allen at head coach. I agree with you. Yeah, it's already Coach Payton already kind of threw some salt in the game in so far as them doing what they're doing. You see what I'm saying? He already said Dennis Allen. He, if Coach Payton would just left and have said nothing about who the, the guy should be to replace him, then it would have been speculation. But Coach Payton kind of kind of made it. This whole coaching search for the Saints seemed a bit uh, scripted. I, I ain't going to say scripted. That was the wrong word. Perhaps a little bit uh, 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 transparent. It's not. It's no guesswork to this. Coach Payton said my successor should be Dennis Allen. And you think the Saints ain't going to listen to Coach Payton? Oh, shit. You better believe it. So we know it. The people on the inside know it, that it's only a matter of time. I'd be surprised if Dennis Allen is not named the guy. I think Dennis Allen is the guy because the Saints don't want to have a lot of turnover. That's why when they asked Mickey Loomis the question about blowing up the team, he's like, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to blow up the team. Da, 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 da. He knows because Dennis Allen comes in, stabilizes thing. You give Dennis Allen a four-year deal. You don't have to pay him a big fat contract. He ain't going to cost you a big chunk of change, which like he was paying Coach Payton to be here. You give him three, four-year contract. Carmichael is your offensive. And that's the question they asked them in there. Well, who your OC going to be? Who your DC going to be? You know, he already knows because he's sitting there waiting at the interview. Well, I'm going to make uh, uh, Coach Richard my new defensive coordinator so he can finish building the Legion of Boom defense or whatever. Or Ryan Nielsen, my defense. You know, he knows in his head who's, who, who's going to fill in his staff. He knows well, I'm going to keep Pete Carmichael here. Look, Pete, don't you don't have to worry about being running for the job and putting your hat in the ring. I tell you what I'm going to do. When I get hired, you're going to be the OC. So Pete Carmichael sitting back there just chilling because he knows it's on a matter of time. And then when Carmichael comes back, he has a propensity and a, a love for Taysom to a degree, Jameis Winston and all this kind of stuff. And it'll be intriguing to see uh, Dennis Allen lead the Saints with Carmichael at the helm as the OC, the rest of the guys. And if you give the Saints some weapons, man, we're we going to take this NFC South back. <laughs> So with that being said, man, I'm gonna ask the y'all that. No, no, Tasha, cut that out. She said, <laughs> I said I would not be mad at you because you're a Dallas Cowboys lady. I would not be mad if your squad got Coach Payton, which y'all probably is going to get him. You know, we're on the street. So I wouldn't be mad if Coach Payton took the job in Dallas because guess what? He came from now. So I wouldn't be upset and family members saying, Q. 
you'd be mad if Coach Payton wins a championship uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. I was like, Dallas Cowboys hadn't won a championship since the mid-90s, and they've been having a lot of playoff failure. You know, so, you know, it's been really hard just watching them. Atlanta and Dallas just fall apart in these situations. If he does that, take him there and win the championship, what what the hell that we're going to do? Just sit up there and be mad all day? <laughs> if he did it, he did it, because it is what it is. All right, they're saying Peterson is the Jags coach, so Brian Leftwich is still in play. All right, so that's really intriguing that uh, that they go with Dougie P. And really, that's intriguing. To be honest, which I guess we'll talk about it on TSC Unleashed. So with those up, brother Crusher, good to see y'all, man. I appreciate all y'all, man. Uh, tonight, I'm gonna be back tomorrow. We're gonna open up the phone lines for the family members to chime in on what they uh, about the the latest uh, installment of Saints. And I'm saying probably uh, come up next week, uh, just between Sunday and Wednesday, the Saints gonna name a coach. So once that happens, then the next we start filling out the staff and we getting a, a vision for what the team is going to look like moving forward. So with that being said, I appreciate y'all. Please hit the like button for those who didn't hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button for those who didn't hit the subscribe button and the like, any notification bell for future shows to be notified and feel free to share the show links in your social media feed. So with that being said, I'm going to holler at y'all later. Peace. Yeah. Well, all right. Like you always say, welcome, welcome, welcome. Number one sports talking deed. We ain't like the Falcons, we won't blow the lead. Look, all we talk is who that? Who got cut and who back? Rookies in the vets, players you should look at. It's the sports coma, you don't wanna miss it. Got the pre game, party, post game statistics. Get a visit from Sway, maybe DC or five. It's the hottest thing smoking, big Q in the guys. Go to YouTube live, make sure you subscribe. In the views inside the Saints locker room, high. Talk to Drew, Jordan, Zach. Peyton, New Orleans, who that nation? Best believe when I say we be golden black. Ain't a miracle or rivalry could ever hold us back. No, beast quake, bounty gate, let the truth be told. It's the sports coma, all we know is say the Super Bowl. Yeah. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network. WhoThatDaily.com. That's right, the WhoThatDaily.com. Your one-stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelicans, LSU Tigers, even the top flight boxing. So if you're a WhoThat and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, WhoThatDaily.com is your site. The WhoThatDaily.com for the sport WhoThat in all of us. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.